Does everybody know what time it is? Tea time! (laughs) That's right, it's grunt work. Gratia plena. Markria, gratia plena. Markria, gruntia plena. Ave, alve, dominus, dominus tecum, benedicta tu en mulierbius et benedictus, et benedictus fructus ventris. Because you're listening to Grunt Work, the only home improvement <laughs> podcast that is absolutely on the verge of getting swallowed up by the earth and dragged straight to hell for outright blasphemy. Holy shit. <laughs> I didn't expect right out the gate that we lose our minds. You didn't expect that right out the gate, a guy who has never studied Latin in any <laughs> sense would be trying to pronounce Latin. Um, I'm your host, Truman, the soft Schumann caps. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Landon, the no business like snow business man, Solano. <laughs> uh, the snow's mostly melted here, so um, suck that nickname. So, so yeah, you're out of business then, I suppose. <laughs> Fill uh, out true. that unemployment. Uh, but I guess it makes sense for this episode. It does make sense for this episode. I was, I, I, I had the situation that I've had before where I was trying to come up with nicknames, and then I came up with a dynamite nickname for you, and then I was like, ooh, actually, I want to use that as a title guess. So I <laughs> took it away. <laughs> I basically robbing Peter to pay Paul for the uh, title uh, title game. Oh man, and the title. Well, we'll get there in a second, but um, I, I don't know that you're gonna guess this one. It's uh. Well, we'll get there. Um, but yeah, we're already ahead of ourselves. Um, we are. I guess I already explained what this podcast is. So yeah, there's no there's no more introducing to be done. But no. We did, yeah. We did, we did watch. Uh, well, I want to say usually this is where we do our preamble. Um, we're going to do a, an assembly recornered soon. Uh, mm-hmm. Just out of curiosity, though. Have you watched any more since the half episode you watched? I have not. I kind of forgot that the show existed, but but now that you've mentioned it, I not only remember that the show exists, but I also think I should watch more of it because I want to do an assembly recorded. I hope that yeah, well, we're going to be at I, six episodes by the time we do our next one next week. So oh, Jesus, okay, I'm not. I don't, Landon. I I have to say I cannot commit to watch two separate Tim Allen shows in their entirety <laughs> I get it. at the same time. I, get it. I will well, the, watch the latest episode and we can talk about that if you would the, like. The reason I bring it up was my dad mentioned it. He, you know, watches History Channel from time to time. He also watches That's, The Curse that, of Oak Island. Um, <laughs> it's dad moves, dad moves. He, he brought it up, uh, you know, apropos of nothing. Like, we weren't talking about the podcast. And he's like, have you watched a new uh, Tim Allen show on, on the History Channel? I'm like... Yeah, I've seen it, and uh, he basically said verbatim what we said on our last episode without hearing us talk about it. Of like, he doesn't seem prepared at all. He's like, <laughs> like he doesn't. It doesn't seem like he wants to be there. <laughs> I love that makes me feel so good knowing that your dad, who is a hundred percent the demographic for this show, <laughs> is seeing the same thing. Like that doesn't make me. He, no, he's I, like, he's seventy five percent. My dad's not a handyman. He doesn't like do a lot of shit around the house, so. He doesn't have a whole lot. He's like he's not watching uh, uh, Forged by Fire or whatever the name of that show is. Mm-mm. Okay, but he is nonetheless a boomer white dude in Florida, which is a big, <laughs> yeah. big, big slice of what History Channel is all about. My, my dad's makes... more on uh, History Channel. Kind of splits in. It's like a Trivial Pursuit piece where mm. you've got your history slice, 
You've got your alien slice, you've got your mysteries slice, and you've got your, you know, hardworking man Chevy truck slice. And, And then... And even though I know that there's a history slice, there is then also, there are two separate slices that very well could fit in the history slice. One of them being World War II, one of them being uh, Bible stuff. (laughs) Uh, Right, yes. So my dad fits very squarely, uh, not ironically, into the the alien pie piece there. (laughs) I... Oh my god, dude. Alien pie is such a good name for a dessert that would be served at a roadside diner in Nevada. Oh shit, what goes <laughs> in an alien pie? Like, oh man, um something green. Uh yeah, it, it would be like a jelly pie. Honestly, if we're being it would be like $5 for jelly or green jello in a crust. Yeah, I, I think that's really what it, it's like some sort of like green custard or green jello, like a meringue, a green and meringue. It's, it's here it is. It's it's green jello. But it has for the the big because it's in the shape of a, a alien head, so in kind of Wait, a yeah. te- teardrop shape. Yes. and then it has you know the big black eyes. Of Those course, are going to be some sort of like licorice Chocolate. or jujube black licorice mm-hmm. sort of deal. Yeah, or they just or or they just have cut. Uh, that's where they've cut the vents into the crust of the pie in the shape of two big alien eyes. <laughs> That's it's way too much dough. There, there, your your overhead on that pie is not gonna. You, you no. just need the thinnest of crust and then fill it with with the Jello because that's the cheapest part of it. A dog. I'm saying you can charge anything you want for an alien pie. People are gonna buy that because they want to Instagram it. This is this is. Look, you all right? You bake the here's pies. I'll run the business. <laughs> I I think we're talking about we have competing alien pie businesses right across the road from each other in Rose Roswell, and we're gonna see who wins this. I think I'm going to come back with the highest uh, return on investment because I don't give a shit about what I'm putting in it. I just care about the uh, – you want the look. You want the Instagram crowd. I want the the fathers that are visiting and just getting a, a slice of alien head. <laughs> I, well, I think that, I think that the, the way that this movie ends is that our battle – uh, to create the best alien pie is accelerating, but then actual aliens land and teach us the true meaning of friendship, and then we open our own pie place. Does it ever frustrate you that we come up with the best ideas for movies <laughs> slash businesses on this podcast when it's not uh, even the subject? No, because there's a time record of when we came up with the idea, therefore uh, copyright, all all rights uh, reserved. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's like when you... 2021. It's like when you post that thing on Facebook that says that you hereby don't allow Facebook to use any of your intellectual property and you're legally ironclad. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally get it. Yep. That's a reference to a thing people were doing five years oh, ago. Oh, man. We are 10 minutes into an episode. This Our re- assembly recornered has taken us out of the stratosphere into a tangent of another world. We need to get back on track here because we don't have any time to waste. No, we do not. We never do, but especially not today. Because we watched an episode of Home Improvement and... Landon, yeah. do you want to like take me through just in, say, a kind of broad overview of what happened this week on this episode of Home Improvement? Do I ever? Um, I will do the so now. It goes something like this. Did you forget your English for a second there? <laughs> I, I mean, you're really setting me up to make a, an Italian accent joke, which I kind of swore I wouldn't do because I want to be more respectful of people's heritage. 
Mark signs up for the locals uh, for the local. Mark signs up for the school's talent show to improve his reputation after a bully continually humiliates him. However, because Tim and Jill are both busy, he enlists the help of Al and Wilson, who are only too eager to help him after a run-in with the bully and his father. Yes. It, it, more or less, you know. Listen, yeah. when I put these synopsis together, I do one of two things. <laughs> I, I don't do it at all and just put the sloppiest sentence together. <laughs> or, I don't know, I like, to, I like to leave a little ellipses on my synopsis so that we can um, get to the surprises in the episode itself. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, if you if you if you blow the big like twist and secret of the episode right up front, no yeah. one is going to watch it. Like that's why it was such a blunder to that's... put Tim Robbins holding a hula hoop on the cover of the <laughs> Hudsucker Proxy. And then we know all of our listeners are watching along with every episode. Uh, they don't want any detail spoiled. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, but that is a synopsis, and that is the episode that we watched this week. Do um, you want to guess that title? Landon, there is nothing I would like more nothing? than to guess that title. That, well, not no, even actually, a slice of alien pie. I, I would, I would love a slice of alien pie right now. It's weird that I have a picture in my head of what it would taste like. Um, it would be okay, key lime, like a, right? I mean, it would be a lime. It would, be it would lime definitely. Flavored. It would be. It would be key lime. I, I very, I very much agree with you there. Um, okay, but I have three options. Okay, the first one. Uh-huh. I don't think any of these are it, by the way, but I, this is my first option. <laughs> okay, all right. The I talented. I, sorry, hmm? I stepped on your words. Well, no, but I stepped on your words. Were you going to say something funny? I mean, if you're going to say something no, funny, like, go no, off, King. Nothing funny. No, nothing? Okay, well, then fine. My first option, the talented Mr. Taylor. <laughs> because okay, all right, yeah. I, he has a talent, okay. mm-hmm. and there's a show. In, okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. Approved. Seal of approval. Now, no, okay, next option. <laughs> You've been visited by the seal of approval. He's balancing a ball on his face. Uh, the second option. Okay. Talent showdown. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, I think it's kind of clever, actually. It is, it is, yeah, but there's not really a showdown. I mean, he's going head-to-head with, I mean, he's, there's it would a bully. Be a show, it would be a showdown if the bully was in the talent show. Now, okay, now there is... A point for discussion. Would that have been a better episode if the bully was doing a talent? <laughs> Damn it. I just thought of a grudge I had for our <laughs> night's episode. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I guess we're going to have to talk about Which grudges is, again. That's a little it's teaser. Fine. I, I, okay. I, this is getting a little into my personal. Well, I'll wait. I'll wait for my personal reflections. Okay. 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 Talent showdown. Okay. Third one. Uh, third one. The abominable showman. Oh, God damn it. That's the one. That's the I should, one. I should let I should let listeners know because I don't think the synopsis covered this. There are, are no, a few jokes about a stuffed abominable snowman in yeah, this episode. Christmas yeah. decorations, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. yeah. That's the one. Thank you. Thank you. I'm I that was the one you were going to be the abominable showman uh in your nickname <laughs> and then I was like, "Oh no, that's too good. Landon doesn't deserve nice things like this." <laughs> I'd only break it. Um, exactly, exactly. Wow. Okay. Uh, retroactively, we're calling this episode that. The Abominable Showman? Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Because I have my moments, guys. We, we have a title here that is very home improvement-y. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> it is Soft Shoe for Two. Soft Shoe for two. It, I think it's a play on T for two, and he's doing a mm, soft yeah, shoe. Yeah, because he makes the and... reference to, to yeah, yeah. 
I mean, look, I, I, I won't mention that normally you give me a hint and I try to guess it, but I wouldn't oh, have guessed true. that yeah. anyhow. I would not. I, there's no way I would have guessed that. That no. is so far out of left and field. The thing I was going to say earlier was this feels like an episode where I, I thought I was. I thought I knew where you're going to go with one of your titles because you use it every once in a while when we have a Mark episode. <laughs> Baby, you can talent my car. Or oh, uh, or <laughs> a marked no, man. A marked man. Yeah, Did you, I think I, I feel like you've thrown that out there on a Mark centric episode a couple times. I honestly, I was, I, because I, I was thinking about using it this time. I've internalized it to the point that I think there actually was an episode called <laughs> a marked man. <laughs> Talk about the fung- fungible nature of uh, memory, folks. This is what it <laughs> oh, is. Oh my god! Don't do not put me on the witness stand. I will not. You know, innocent people will go to jail. I will oh. misremember anything. This episode aired on December. 1996, directed by Jerry Katzenberg, Ooh. and written by Scott Patrick. Uh, All right. Sir, how did you feel about this episode? I felt good about this episode. I liked this episode. <laughs> I'm going to say, uh-huh. I know that I, I can still, you know, there are still shockwaves rippling through the uh, Home Improvement and Frasier fan communities after last week. Yeah. I don't know that I think this episode was better than a Frasier episode. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> I don't think I loved it. Okay. I don't think I loved it as much as last week's episode. I, I, I would... I, if we were, if I was a betting man, which I'm not anymore, because I knew someone like Senator Jason in my life, uh, who looked an awful lot like Senator Jason. In fact, now I'm wondering, what, was it Senator wh- Jason? <laughs> it was Senator Jason. He, he who, would he would be slippery and put one over he, on you like that. He took a lot of money from me when I was on a bowling league when I was too young to be gambling. Uh, <laughs> so I am not a West story. I, I am not a gambling man, but if I were, I would wager to say. There's not going to be another episode that that enters the Fraser stratosphere again. I maybe not, maybe not. I'm just saying I liked this episode. I thought it was. I mean, this episode in many ways, it's like this is kind of what we've like been asking for. I think that had we gotten this episode in season three, we would have like wept yes. and and rended our garments because this is this is an Al centric episode. Well, I haven't told kinda... you how I felt yet. I might have wept. You don't know that, oh. sir. Okay, that's true. That's true. Okay, I should I should ask you. I will just say, I mean, I liked this episode. I thought it was I thought it was great fun and I was just so happy because it really gave a lot of the show's kind of traditional second bananas a chance to be yeah. the first bananas. And all bananas are beautiful, but it's also nice to kind of rotate them out once in a while. I'm I'm going to um, take your metaphor and gussy it up a little bit. Go for it. Go for it. What did you think? Uh, this, I, I, I like the episode. I think there are some structural issues. I have some logic issues that I, I want to bring up. Um, yes, yes. And as I'll, do I'll I. just reiterate my note from last week, which is like, a piece of show doesn't have to try hard. A piece of show is what I said. A piece, a piece of show. You're still thinking about having a piece of that alien pie, aren't uh, no, you? No, I was going to say a piece of content or a piece of media, but I've recently, no. I, I've, I've really taken a turn on the word content, and it yeah, makes yeah. me a little sick to my stomach. So yeah, yes, yeah, don't call it content. Um, so a show doesn't have to try hard to get me on board with it. Like I, I just want to be entertained, and mm. you know, if you take me out of it and you make me work against it, then I'm not going to like it as much. So you know, all of this said, like I didn't have to work too hard to enjoy this episode. So the criticism I have for it is like with a grain of salt. This is like, oh, okay, well, if we really press on that, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But um, you know what? It was harmless and uh, made me laugh. So there it is. But the the metaphor I was going to go with about your bananas was that this kind of felt like the first phase of the Marvel Universe, (laughs) bringing Mm. it back to like 
you know, you said a bunch of second bananas get the front and center. When the first yeah. phase one was being put together, Iron Man wasn't an A-list star at the time. Oh, uh, sure. I, I had in, no in idea. Marvel, in the Marvel Universe. Same with Thor. They were both yeah. like, really? How are they going to pull off a Thor movie? And now yeah. we're like, give me more Thor. <laughs> so give Thor they, more movies, yeah. Through, through the phase one of Marvel Universe, they became A-listers. And uh, had we had this episode in season two or three, like you're suggesting, makes me think about the home improvement universe we could have had, where so, Taron Noah Smith is the JTT of the group, <laughs> where, where there where there is a standalone Wilson movie during the summer hiatus. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, obviously, I'm a fan of Mark, so I'm glad that we get to see some Mark. Um, and I th- I think. That's uh, that's all my reflections. Yeah, I, I unbeknownst to me, uh, I wasn't even looking at them. Hit them all. So there well, we are. They, they just they lived they lived inside you. <laughs> they you, did. you were, that's you were you were just reflecting live on air. <laughs> You're basically uh, a mirror. A uh, black mirror. Uh, no, Landon, I've met you. You're not a black mirror. <laughs> um, well, then, I mean, having reflected, I mean, do we do anything else on this show, or do no. we just? Nope, no, I think we that's don't. it. We're going to call well, it no, early, I mean, I mean, I, <laughs> call I, I it early even, this week. I wasn't even doing the, the joke that I've done, I think, 170 times out of 170 episodes or however many of these we've done where I pretend that we're ending the show early. I'm just trying to remember if we have anything else before we go in the deep dive. Uh, no, we don't. Let's dive deep. Okay, well, sw- uh, swimming caps uh, yeah, on, uh, I suppose. Avoid the uh, giant squid because uh, <laughs> we are going to tool time. And yes. we start the Grunt Creep is sliding out on ice skates, uh, curling. I think is the the term for that Olympic yeah. sport. Yeah, he's got the he's got the he's got the broom and he's kind of shuffling along. And there's like a the uh, the what is it they call it the kettle or whatever that thing that's sliding along thing. Yeah, yeah, kettle. I think is yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, I don't know. Wh- I don't. Whatever. I don't know. I know nothing about winter sports and less about curling. So, <laughs> yes, we're not. Even though you grew up close to Canada, you did not absorb their culture. <laughs> I certainly but did we, not. We get uh, Heidi, who comes out to introduce the show. Does everybody yep. know what time it is? And she is wearing a very, like, uh, if the only way I could describe it is if you've seen the movie Fargo, the kind of heavy winter hat <laughs> that, like, all the cops in that movie wear right. with the, like, flaps and everything down. She's wearing, the, like, normal clothes otherwise, but a big, heavy, like, winter hat, which I thought was great. And they, with the Tool Time logo emblazoned on it, like, the jean jacket she was wearing a couple episodes ago. And I'm like, yes. I, I, I want this Tool Time line of apparel like where yeah, is the I, the e-store for this so i can go add a bunch of stuff to my cart i want to know where is this one winter hat they made that that no one would ever buy with the home improvement logo emblazoned <laughs> on it like some some prop master in his garage in van nuys has this thing sitting around and i want to steal it well my my note was uh when tim and al come out after they are introduced and they're also dressed in winter clothes al has these plaid mittens that i would like uh, mm-hmm. They don't. I mean, they're just. I, I think they're just out of Al's personal collection. <laughs> they don't say tool time <laughs> on them, but like, uh, I just. I love that they give Al plaid everything. Yes, <laughs> except yes, they really except for his patented white undershirt. <laughs> no, well, you can't go too far with the flannel. You have to, you know, at some point you have to scale it back. Like you, <laughs> if you sometimes you look too hard into the flannel and then the flannel looks back and you've you've lost yourself in it. Oh. They're giving their uh, salute to snow. And um, I was a little thrown initially because yes. I'm like, usually they do a salute sound effect to whatever it is they're doing. And yeah. uh, there's no sound effect this week. And I wrote a note about that. And then I crossed my note out and wrote, 
Was there no sound effect because snow falls silently? But this is the thing, and this is what I <laughs> noticed about this, is that snow isn't, like, it's it falls silently, but stepping in snow makes a crunch, crunch, crunch sound. Mm. So I'm kind of surprised that there wasn't, like, our salute to snow, but... I, I mean, Maybe it wouldn't have been clear. It wouldn't have been would. clear, yeah. I mean, I guess you could do like a shovel scraping or something, but like that's also not super clear. Yeah, you can scrape a shovel in the middle of the summer. I could I could scrape a shovel right now if you want to hear me do it. I don't have a shovel, but it is warm out. Uh, Tim starts talking about the pains of shoveling. Um, mm-hmm. Tim yes. says, like, picture it. It's Sunday afternoon, game day, blah, blah, blah. Your wife starts nagging at yeah. you, and you've only got a few minutes during the commercial break. And uh, to, to shovel, but, like, she's nagging you to shovel the walk. Is, oh, like, yeah. It's not just Good. generic Tim wife nagging. It's like, well, in, in my shovel the walk. In my ear, it's it Tim. is. Yeah, it's fair. It's it's Tim nagging in my ear as opposed to a wife nagging in Tim's ear. Yes. Um, it was just, ugh. Anyway, fair he point, starts uh, talking about snowblowers. That's why man invented the snowblower. And they yes. walk over to an array of snowblowers. Uh, yes. There is the single stage, which is the most common, and the two stage, which can clear uh, writings, these details down that he... Yeah, uh, yeah, you're, you're taking notes on this for when you have to, you know, snow blow your own driveway. <laughs> Which I might have to do sooner than later. Uh, the, see, the show is helpful. It's actually it is, making a difference. I, I, this, I didn't know the, these things between a single stage and a two-stage snowblower. Uh, it's now in my head, I guess, for trivia night. But um, two-stage can uh, clear a wide path and throw snow up to 33 feet away, up to 55 tons of snow per hour. Which seems impressive. like a lot. That seems like like more snow than a person would need. I mean, already just looking at the normal snowblowers, I'm like, this already seems like an an irresponsible amount of power we're giving to snowblowers. We haven't even gotten <laughs> to Tim's inevitable joke. I guess I've never. Uh, what was his joke? Well, I mean, what what, what is his joke? Well, I mean, like Tim's Tim's in, like the the bit that comes up where he adds power to the oh, thing and right, soups right, it up. Right. That inevitable yeah. joke. Okay, so yes. Al, of course, you know, prefers the old two handed shovel um, when he. And he says, like, Al has introduced the single stage and the double stage, and he goes like, but for me, I prefer the good old two-handed shovel. And he, like, pulls it up from under the dais that it's on, and it's just nothing inherently funny about it, but just, like, he has this look of pride on his face as he's holding the shovel. Like, like American Gothic, almost, the guy holding the pitchfork. I don't know. Uh, But, yeah, so as we said, nothing's good enough for Tim. So uh, he has a big surprise for Al. They go outside, and he asks Heidi, bring out the new Binford 6100 three-stage riding snowblower. Um, Snowmower also is a good name. (laughs) And uh, I had a note here. It was just like, when's the last time we've seen outside? Yeah, I know. That they have they have a camera crew ready for a remote segment. They just walk right off set, leaving the audience, mind you, Sitting inside, totally bored, unless there's something up on monitors. And Al also has had no idea that this is happening. Like, Al is yeah. confused by this, has not been in on the joke He's as, of course, as before. Yeah, reticent as usual whenever Tim is uh, not only souping something up, but then springing it on him on air. Uh, yeah. He has souped up this uh, blower to throw 100 tons of snow clear across Detroit. Um, yes, you can clear the driveway in one fell swoop, RRR, and all that. Yeah, he said he says you can you can be back on the couch uh, in front of the game before the end of the commercial break. That's how <laughs> fast this thing works. Uh, so naturally, Al is uh, terrified when Tim hops on this thing and turns the ignition. Rightfully so. Rightfully yeah, so. Rightfully so. Uh, but to his surprise, it works. Yeah, and, Tim, uh, Tim drives like ten feet, and this thing. I mean. 
I don't know what they did for this fake snow. I mean, because they shot this in Burbank. I don't know. But like, this is very convincing fake snow that they've got. And it shoots a huge amount of it off. Like, it it clears straight down to the pavement, the snow. There's this patch of, like, bare pavement in the middle of an otherwise snowy parking lot. But, yeah, it's the only Tim creation that has worked thus far. The audience goes apeshit, as they usually do for Tim's uh, nonsense. And uh, he hops out super proud and... um... Hell, in his kind of uh, I don't know, not righteous indignation. What do you what do you call that emotion I, where he's just he's trying to like call out Tim on his shit? I, I mean, I I saw I saw it as just like I just kind of put down like Al slow burn, like of just him like fuming. <laughs> I don't know yeah. if that's really the I don't know if that's the same word you're looking for. I don't know. Okay, well Tim's Tim's proud that this worked, and Al just goes great. Well, how am I supposed to get home? And they cut to <laughs> the ten uh, foot snow mound in front of a parking spot labeled Al Borland. <laughs> and uh, Tim just kind of laughs and hands uh, Al the shovel <laughs> that he loved so much earlier. Let's not ask the question of how did the shovel that was inside earlier then get outside where they are now. Let's just appreciate Heidi that- was in on it. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, yeah. This was an inside job. Heidi, um, bring out the 6100 snow, riding snowmower and go inside and get the shovel. <laughs> It'll be a great stinger for this cold open. <laughs> um... Oh, but and that is the end of the cold open. But I'll say I like this. Like this is a fun little bit. Like this is a good. This is a good cold open. Tim doesn't make like yeah. Tim uh, puts Al de- like Tim definitely inconveniences Al through doing this. But he doesn't directly insult Al. And furthermore, it's it's a funny like it's a funny yeah. come back around with the snow shovel. And in a sense, even Al is hoisted on his own petard because it's like, dude, shoveling snow sucks. If you if you really love shoveling snow, then then go go nuts, dude. But it's a <laughs> it's a crappy activity. I mean, I've uh, never done agreed. it, but whatever. Uh, it is a crappy activity um, and can be dangerous if you have heart problems and you go out in the cold and exert yourself too much too quickly. So be careful yeah. out there, folks. Um, yeah. Avalanche. We get an avalanche transition to the theme song. Now, not not the uh, not the kind of weird experimental music pop group, the Avalanches, uh, responsible for no, the which, song Frontier Psychiatrist. Not uh, that they're not the transition. They're not the transition. Unfortunately, I I would love that. I love that band. They just came out with a new album finally, uh, which is fantastic. I recommend going to look it up. We go from the that theme boy song. needs therapy. Sorry, go I, on. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that. That note I've had for weeks about the theme song under my chest. So, uh, what are you, dude? What is this? What is this like podcast edging that you're doing? With okay, us here? you, like, you want to know what it is because it's not very good, and I'm hoping that people just forget about it by me telling them that well, I have a thing that I, <laughs> I never let keep, them forget about. You keep reminding, it. yeah, that's not how <laughs> that's not how memory works, Landon. As someone who has misremembered lots of things and constructed false memories, okay. reminding people about things is not a way to do it. Okay, okay, okay. This I'll, it probably doesn't even work a discussion tim is well here we are it starts the theme song falling off the roof right and then he grabs the plank of wood and then he falls okay do you think it could be a wizard of oz scenario where tim has actually fallen off the roof and instead of being caught by jill in the wheelbarrow he actually hit his head and you know is in the last throes of his life and that this whole show takes place with his life flashing before his eyes (laughs) I, you know what? I like that idea simply because, like, I only like that idea if we then also go with 
our continued theory that everything in the show since like season one, episode 10, where Jill takes a nap <laughs> has also been a dream. So not only is Tim hallucinating the entire show, but then within his hallucination, one of his hallucinations is also hallucinating the show. If we get no, into I think multiple it's, I Inception think dream layers, that it, is the only way I accept it. To, to kind of untangle that a little bit, it would actually be that Jill is dreaming that Tim has fallen off the roof. Because so, Jill falling asleep happens before Tim falls off the roof. Therefore, she creates that in her mind. Well, if Tim falls off the roof in the opening credits, I think Jill takes he, the nap he, in that episode later. But that version of the opening credits didn't start until season three. Oh, man. I hope to one day create... I hope that one day people <laughs> listen to our podcast and try to ascribe weird backstory and layers to it that are not there in the same way we have done with this show i don't uh spend your time studying something that will help the world yes yes (laughs) do 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 not engage with our podcast on the same level that we engage with this series it is not it is not good for anyone to engage with any media this much no uh we come from the theme song back home jill is sorting through some bills when tim and al uh come in carrying some oversized christmas decorations and and i am always always glad to see al in the taylor house whenever al walks in the door (laughs) of the taylor house i'm like oh boy everybody this is gonna be a good one it's just like this is how things should be (laughs) yes yeah it's like it's like at the end of back to the future when biff shows well no okay it's like at the end of back to the future when you get a glimpse of like how much better things things could be for the what you're saying is that home improvement is actually the biff reality and that you're trying to get back to the reality where chill and al are together exactly and and tim is just like oh i put a new coat of wax on the car mr borland (laughs) and we're not gonna i I want to see that scene i'm not gonna lie to you yeah, yeah. With, without getting into the weirdness of why the McFlies would have hired Biff to have a key to their house and be around all the time after what happened between him and uh, and Mrs. Ooh, McFly in high school. Yeah. There are questions Anyhow. about Back to the Future. Um, <laughs> Tim and Al, they are arguing about what the focus of their next tool time should be. Uh, yes. Al wants it to be on holiday safety tips, uh, which seems uh, rife after Tim uh, burnt the outlet last week. Yes, it also seems it also seems like kind of kind of, honestly it seems like a good idea after every single year when Tim manages to grievously injure himself putting up Christmas decorations. I think yeah, exactly. Maybe that's why Tim's so adamant against it. He's like, no one needs that. Everyone gets hurt. So yeah, <laughs> it's just it's just the way Christmas is. Um, yeah. Anyway, Tim says uh, he wants to focus on decorations. Um, <laughs> it's Christmas. People want to see colorful lights and ho ho hos. <laughs> uh, which Al responds. Which you'll get to see when the ambulance takes you to the Ho Ho Hospital. And and what does Al do immediately after he says that line? <laughs> snort laugh. The uh, snort laugh. The snort laugh is what makes it. The line itself, it's all right. But the but the Al reaction. Yeah, my I just my note was I love Al. Uh, it, the the joke doesn't even really work, but he's just so joyous when he makes a joke. Uh, okay, Again, I, actually, I have a I have a poo for this. Okay. Oh boy. What? How would you? Lots of fiber. How would you describe Al jokes? Because they're 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 not even really dad jokes. They're like a step beyond dad jokes. Yeah, they're like they're kind of like okay, you know what they're like? They're like uh, high school band director jokes, which are like a a chaotic flavor of dad joke, but it has oh, to be no. engineered for a wider audience of adolescents. <laughs> Can you for for those of us who weren't in band be a little more specific? Um, I don't or know. Do you, or do you like, just want to leave it at that abstract and let us take? 
<laughs> okay. Uh, oh, well, I can't give you a specific example off the top of my head, but I can say when I say the words, okay, close your eyes. Okay. And just picture in your head mm-hmm. a high school band director. Got Are it. you picturing a cool person who makes really, really funny jokes? Like hilarious, <laughs> like like fucking, oh, step aside, Colin Jost, with the, you, you know, the, the side-slapping uh, hilarity is here. Do you think of that, or do you think of a kind of uh, uh, lamer sort of... <laughs> Honest, truth be told, the one band director I've known in my life, uh, which was just from spending time with people who were in band, I'm going to physically describe him to you with my eyes closed. This is my mental yes. image. He is a kind of, uh, I don't know, uh, middle-aged man that's a little bit overweight. That fits. That with, fits. I, fits. With yes. a beard. Yes. <laughs> uh, and honestly, if I was casting him in a movie, I'd cast Richard Karn. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah. Everything. Everything about that. You are describing 70%, if not 80% of band directors in the country. I know that there are female band directors out there. I just, the the stereotype in my head, look, blame this on the patriarchy. I always just picture a kind of slightly overweight middle-aged dude with a beard because that's band directors. <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, the boys come home from school. Mark is uncharacteristically excited. And I say uncharacteristically because I don't know that I've seen Mark exude any emotion in the last three seasons. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't even... It's uncharacteristic simply that Mark is on screen having <laughs> motivations and doing things. Uh, he says that he... Uh, when Jill asks him, uh, he's excited because he signed up for the uh, talent show. Yes. And this... Uh, <laughs> How do Brad and Randy feel about this? <laughs> they're they're uh, they're unhappy about it. They 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 have they have a lot of opinions. They're concerned that Mark is going to uh, embarrass them. I wrote, I wrote yeah. down. Okay, so so Randy gets Randy and Brad get some zingers. They're a real tag team roasting him, and like Randy is it, saying it to felt Mark, like the old days of like Mark has aged, and Brad and Randy have aged, but their relationship since it hasn't been explored in three seasons hasn't. <laughs> Yes, the, the, it's been saved in a bell jar and opened up now that all three boys are on screen. But so Randy says, you see, Mark, the thing about a talent show is the people who tend to come out of it looking really cool usually have, you know, talent. And uh, you know, Mark goes, well, you, don't, you, you know, Mark is, Mark is not, you know, happy to be getting this. He says, you don't even know what I'm going to do. And Randy says, you don't know what you're going to do either. That's not a good sign. And then Brad says, the thing you're best at is getting your butt kicked. And you're going to get a lot more practice after you make a fool of yourself in front of the whole school. I mean, okay. I mentioned at the top of this episode that it deals with a bully. Yes. Uh, (laughs) uh, It seems like Mark has been (laughs) um, maybe living his whole life to this moment, you know, ready for bullies. I mean, he's been, yeah, they're not even roasting him so much as just straight up bullying him here. I mean, it's not even like it's not even roasting. It's just saying you are nothing. You are shit. You should never try to do anything. And also that you will fail. You don't even know. We don't even know what you're going to do. You don't even know what you're going to do. But when you do it, you will fail so badly that our only concern is not for your well-being, but for how it will look for us, your brothers. Now, okay. now I I had another poo here, um, which was I I had to pause the episode uh, for just a minute. Uh, probably because of ago. because of your poo. No, I had, well pee, uh, but while I was peeing, this thought came to me. <laughs> so I'm I'm sorry to everyone who's ever listened to this <laughs> podcast. Just I'm sorry to the entire human race. <laughs> uh, but I was thinking, 
I, I was trying to think, what grade is Mark even in? Uh, would he still be in middle school, right? I, that's kind of the thing because this is definitely a high school talent show, but I don't remember the episode where Mark or is it. I don't. I mean, it's never never explicitly said, but I what what not. it brought to mind for me was when Brad that episode when Brad was mad at or um, afraid of how Randy was going to make him look when he was entering high school. Yeah. So to me, it seems like Mark is still in middle school, which to me is like, well, why are Brad and Randy so concerned about how Mark is going to make them look? Yeah, I mean, it definitely, it is definitely a sitcom logic thing where it's like, I I don't, I don't really think, like, I get that maybe there's a little residual bullying splashback if your sibling has done something really dumb, but, like, the the degree to which they seem concerned that Mark is going to... Like that all like is as though suddenly Randy, the coolest, uh, cutest boy in the world, <laughs> is going that's going to be rendered irrelevant because Mark does something stupid on a stage. That doesn't really track on a I on a realistic the, level. The the subplot of this that they never go into is that the uh awards for best butt is uh coming up again and Randy's really worried about his chances if Mark is gonna be doing this talent show. <laughs> yeah, because what is Mark's talent? Removing Randy's butt in front of the entire <laughs> crowd? That's insane. <laughs> Let's get back to it. Uh, this is why I wanted people to hang on to their butts last week. That's what I'm saying. Al pipes in, uh, kind of nostalgically remembering his talent show. Uh, he won for his rendition of Putting on the Ritz, um, <laughs> which his uh, high school gazette said he was the best soft shoe they've seen since Ray Bolger. A lot of references there. Uh, I immediately was just like, oh, man, I want to see young Frankenstein recast with Richard Carn. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh my God, that would be amazing. Would he be? Would Richard Carn be Frankenstein? Uh, well, Frankenstein's monster doing putting on the Ritz halfway oh, through. Yes, sake. for fuck's sake, you did not, <laughs> you did not just Frankenstein's monster me on our show. <laughs> I'm try. I want these people to respect me, Landon, and you humiliated me. Um, so so okay. So 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 Richard Carn is Frankenstein's monster. Then who's mm-hmm. and then is it still uh, like who's going mm-hmm. to play uh, Frankenstein? Oh man, oh, would that would that be I mean, would that be Earl Hindman or something else? Are we doing? Oh, we're picking just from the Home Improvement universe. Uh, I, I guess if we, I guess we could expand hmm. it to more, but then we'll be here all day trying to find the ultimate pairing. Yeah, I mean, there's no one to replace Gene Wilder in anything no. ever. I mean, Truly. Matthew Broderick didn't do it well. Johnny Depp didn't do it well. I mean, you just can't replace Gene Wilder, period. Okay, so we basically Forrest Gump composite uh, Richard <laughs> Karn into Young Frankenstein. Yes, yes. Perfect, perfect. We'll put on that Ritz. Great. Um, um, okay, uh, Tim says, oh, they must have been soft in the head. Her, her, her. Uh, <laughs> are those grunts? Uh, no, no, that, that was me. That <laughs> was me good. half-heartedly okay. going her, her, and it sounded like a grunt. <laughs> uh, so Jill, uh, uh, Jill, Mark asks Jill for help uh, with uh, getting ready for the talent show, but she has a term paper due. Uh, he asks Tim, but he can't because he's putting up the Christmas decorations for the competition against Doc Johnson. Yeah, I have to. On, now, on the one hand, I'm kind of like, "Wow, guys, no time for your kids much." And then on the other <laughs> hand, I'm like, on the other hand, though, it's like, well, at really, least they're how, they're they're outright acknowledging how they treat Mark. True, you're just you're just a periphery character. In yeah, this house. yeah. You, oh, oh, I see that you're our son again. Interesting. Where have you been for the past year? Uh, also. Like, I don't understand what the help is actually going to look like at this point, because it's like, well, Mark 
signed up for the talent show. He doesn't know what mm. his talent is. You need another human being to sit next to you and help you think of what you're good at. I mean, I, I don't know. I did, well, the, yeah. Didn't he learn the lesson from when Randy was it last season when he was in the um, school play for oh, yeah. Peter Pan and Tim's help in building the stage turned yeah to very Tim disastrous. Co- yeah, Tim chromed the whole thing out. Yeah. Uh, um, anyway, yeah. Tim can't because of the decoration saying this year uh, I'm going for an abominable snowman theme. Uh, yes. Which, you know, fits with the decorations they're bringing in. Um, picture the biggest, hairiest, smelliest thing just looming over you. <laughs> and Jill says, uh, well, okay, what, what, do you have her exact line for that? Uh, something like... Uh, Picture the biggest, hairiest, smelly thing looming over you. Uh, you, after you've had Stan's Polish food? Yes. <laughs> I guess Stan's Polish food is the new Mike's Tavern. Um, I mean, honestly, yeah. The, the stinky the stinky is gone, and it's been replaced by just the entire cuisine of an entire country. Wait, wait. Oh, okay. Oh, I, I, I should have sold that line better because my note uh, my note doesn't fit the emphasis that I gave it. So, okay. This, okay we're going to do this again. <laughs> That's the rewinding sound of a podcast. Uh, I'll be Tim, you be Jill. Okay, okay. Uh, This year, I'm going for an abominable snowman theme. Picture the biggest, hairiest, smelliest thing just looming over you. I get that every time you come back from eating at Stan's Polish food. I'm sorry, I didn't have the line right in front of me. (laughs) Uh, Okay, well, Jill with the half-court dunk. (laughs) Was my note. I guess it didn't really require that much uh, uh, space to be burned. It was it was nonetheless a half court dunk. Jill has some solid zingers in this episode, I have to say. <laughs> um, Al uh, jumps in. He's very excited. Uh, obviously, his excitement hasn't gone down since he thought about his old soft shoe. Yes. And Mark, um, maybe maybe rightly so, is a little skeptical. <laughs> yeah. Well, Al is like wanting to help Mark. He's saying like, "Oh, let a me." A little over enthusiastically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you know, uh Mark Mark is reluctant. Mark doesn't seem to like, you know, even he has his doubts about this, but but Wilson uh, not Wilson. Al makes makes this point and just basically says like he says like, "Yo, what have you got to lose?" And also he says this this would be doing me a favor because you know me and Eileen are gonna get married soon and pretty soon we're going to have uh I, like I wrote it down our uh, I'm gonna have a little talent show contestant of my own and so he's trying to like trying to convince Mark on this and then Brad goes you know so, okay so it's like it won't be long before I have a little talent show contestant of my own and then Brad says yeah so this way you can get all your screw ups out of the way on Mark and then Jill with another zinger says to Brad yeah that's what we did with you. <laughs> Uh, then L um, kind of convinces, uh, uh, coaxes Mark. He's like, okay, you know, Mark seeing that he has no, <laughs> literally no one else is lifting a finger to help him. Uh, My, says, okay. His, his entire family has turned their backs on him. His brothers don't <laughs> want to associate with him. His parents have too much shit. Like his dad just has to decorate the house for Christmas. He flat out has no better excuse. Oh my God. And so he kind of uh, ushers uh, Mark out the door. Um, and Tim goes, well, he was a good son and I'm going to miss him. Yeah, <laughs> credit where credits due. That was a good bit. Yeah, uh, and we get a soft shoe. Tra- oh, I guess it's worth mentioning. Al saying uh, we can study some soft shoe, soft shoe uh, home videos of mine, uh, and asks him, "Do you know T for two? Which plays in I, worth mentioning because it's the only mention of my joke at the top of the episode. I, it's it's yeah, you know. And but get, I, I appreciate. And to I set up the tra- set up the transition, which is a soft shoe transition. Uh, 
yes. to Al's apartment. Um, some legs sweep through the screen, taking us to Al's apartment, where he is in the middle of demonstrating a sh- soft shoe technique to Mark. Um, not not quite like whiplash drill sergeanty, but he's like one more time. It's yeah. uh, you know toe toe heel toe whatever it is, um, and then he's like okay watch me and then he demonstrates uh for mark um his own little little stanky version of it yes which let's be honest i mean at this point we entered landon's in my nirvana because this is just richard <laughs> karn like the audience is clapping like richard karn starts dancing and he starts showboating because he's clearly good at it the audience <laughs> is going wild richard karn is clearly having a great time doing this soft shoe it, it, it was point, it, it was a moment where it brought me back to the old days of being able to watch this together on the couch where I feel like both of us would have just been like, we have to rewind that, rewatch that again. This is the only yeah. thing that's going to save us from this episode <laughs> or this season. Uh, like when Al, yeah. you know, broke uh, broke boards with his head or, you know, his impeccable uh, baseball pantomime. <laughs> Yes, yes. I mean, and, and, and true to form, it, it, with blowing us away with the level of preparation he has for this, at one point Al jumps up onto a chair, like if you've seen Singing in the Rain, he does the thing where he jumps up on a chair and he kind of like balances on it, tilting the chair halfway, and then tips the chair over and, and seamlessly dances off of it, which... I, I didn't put that together that it was from that movie, which now I, I'm disappointed that we didn't get to see him run up a wall and do a flip. <laughs> that was that well, well i mean maybe that maybe that's an outtake that didn't make it into the bloops they had to get they had to get the clip of, of tim fucking up abominable instead because that was so much funnier uh okay oh yeah i so my note here was uh al can do anything but it, it started getting me thinking about his home videos and i'm like do you do you think well okay <laughs> I don't think very much. Just in general, I try to avoid it. Al is a jack of all trades. He clearly knows a lot of things. And I'm certain that a lot of it is just due to how much time he spent being a bachelor. As a bachelor myself, I can attest to this. (laughs) Uh, I just did a one-year coronavirus uh, um, progress uh, video of, like, filming myself on March 26th, 2020 juggling mm-hmm. and then filming myself on March 26th, 2021 to show the difference of what I spent my year doing. <laughs> You're juggling chainsaws now. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, I've spent a lot of time alone in the last year. So, uh, when you spend that much time alone, you pick up a lot of different weird things. Uh, so I can understand that's why Al knows a lot of stuff, but yeah, there's this little nagging thought in the back of my head, not telling me to go shovel, but asking me, do you think Al's mom was secretly grooming him to be like on Star Search or something? Oh, God, I'm certain, <laughs> actually. If ever there was a dance mom, it would be Al's mom. <laughs> this person we've never seen. He was get, like, Al, she really wanted Al to be a mouseketeer or something. <laughs> um. Anyway, so right when he finishes his, uh, his routine, uh, Eileen enters. I can never say her name right. Eileen enters, and yes. she's uh, so uh, miffed that she just missed his soft shoe. Uh, she loves it. and <laughs> she, like, She's probably lo- seen it a fair number of times. I mean, they spend a lot of time together. <laughs> it's her foreplay. Although I did see the hammock was gone. Uh, mm. So at least they've upgraded that. No, that's um, good. Yeah, he's 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 engaged now. He's gonna be a married man. You can't sleep in a hammock once you've once you've tied a woman down. Uh, don't rock it unless you've knocked it. No, don't knock. Don't rock the boat. Don't. I'm don't, trying to fit a hammock joke in there, and I can't do it. Don't knock a hammock until you've rocked a hammock. There you go. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. You are the wordsmith of the podcast. Uh, and you are the you. poet laureate. So it's it's you know. <laughs> 
Two sides of the same coin. I, I'm, I'm the muse to your words. Yes. Oh, uh, Al's just showing, uh, telling Eileen he's showing a few steps to mark for the talent show. Uh, Eileen kind of dotes on the idea. Uh, she, I, I, Sherry Hussey has this way of like just kind of when an idea about picturing Al doing something, kind of just like you could see her physically melt. Mm-hmm. You know, she, like, oh. She is, I think, she truly loves Al in the same way that we do, I think. She has the same kind of affection for him as us. And it's good to see that coming from someone within the show. Um, the affection is coming from inside the show. <laughs> she asks Mark to show how far they've come. Uh, Mark, okay, <laughs> Mark gets up to do the dance. And let's just say the casting director for the next step up is going to be calling anytime soon. <laughs> no, no, probably not. He is not great at dancing. And I don't know that this is a learning. I mean, he's not supposed just, to he's not supposed I, to be. It's not a knock on Taron Noah Smith at, at any rate, but like, like, he's not I good mean, at it. It was just a piece of method acting for Taron Noah Smith. In order to play a bad dancer, he was a bad dancer. <laughs> uh anyway, he's dejected and slumps down on the couch. Um, and he brings up, uh, the whole reason for this talent show is, okay, at this, okay, oh, oh, so many notes are coming all at once. Yes. It's like a flood of, of notes that we have to part the sea of. Yes. Okay. He says that the whole reason for wanting to do this talent show is that there's, he's been, he's being, he's sick of being picked on at school and particularly yeah. by this one kid who, uh, and he wants to kind of turn his reputation around. Um, I, 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 I'm hesitant to, to go into this amazing note from Al next or to just break that open. <laughs> well, the, 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 the notion of like, I'm being picked on the way that I'm going to make people stop picking on me is perform okay. in front of the entire school. <laughs> so let's, let's put a pin in that. Cause yes, exactly that. And I, I want to just address the amazing note here uh, that Al had, uh, lamenting saying, ah, yes, I know how it feels to be picked on every day. Uh, being made to feel less than, yada, yada, yada. Uh, bullies are insecure and they tease you because they're usually jealous of you. And Mark's <laughs> like, well, what did you, <laughs> well, how did you get your, rid of yours? And Al just goes, I work for him. <laughs> Which is the funniest line in the episode, I think, if not <laughs> ever. <laughs> I it mean, it was good. It was cathartic. and delivered. Um, okay, so uh, amazing. That out of the way, let's get into the logic of... <laughs> Signing up for the talent show to prove a bully that you're not bullyable. Yeah, like, like it, this, this, it, it speaks to such a huge misunderstanding of how teenagers <laughs> and bullies operate. Is that like, it's like this person, like I, I don't like this kid. You know, I am act, I am acting out my own aggressive, uh, social issues. Uh, and by tormenting this child, but now that I'm now that he's standing up on stage in front of me, I'm going to approach this with an open mind and allow myself to be <laughs> like I'm, I, I'm going to humanize him enough to take this thing seriously and give it a fair appraisal. Now this this gave me a little bit of a, a, a well I don't know a flashback I don't I was going to say PTSD it certainly wasn't PTSD but like a like a flashback I didn't necessarily want to have which was in elementary school uh, getting picked on a little bit and uh, me telling my grandma that. And my grandma just says, next time they do it, tell them your grandma's going to come and uh, beat them up. <laughs> and I did that. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, honey. Oh, Landon. <laughs> and that's what this episode feels like to me. <laughs> it's Mark just getting up in front of the school saying, my grandma's going to come and beat you up. 
<laughs> I remember, I think I was in elementary school and there was a talent show that I did not sign up for because I was oh. smart, but that one kid oh had signed up to do stand-up comedy. I'm gonna let that land for a second. And before in he middle, came wait, out- Wait, do you say elementary or middle school? Elementary school. And okay. before he came out, the principal came out on stage and told us all that we had to laugh at the kid's jokes. We had to laugh at all of his jokes. <laughs> and then oh the kid... God, I feel so bad. It's like an kid... episode of the Goldbergs. <laughs> And and all I all I remember, like even and even I was like, I don't know, I was like eight years old and I was like, oh, this this like I don't I don't have a word for this feeling, but it's not good. I don't like being here right now. But then the kid came and I, the only joke that I remember of his was he was like him into the microphone going like. What has four wheels and flies? A garbage truck. And stuff like that. And then we have to, ha, 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 ha. If that was delivered with, like, a Mitch Hedberg level of confidence, that would be a funny joke. Well, And look, and this is the thing about Mitch Hedberg. Nobody understands this about him, but the reason he was so popular is because his principal would go out before every show <laughs> and tell the audience they had to laugh at him. And what are you going to do? Are you going to not laugh when the principal tells oh. you to? Yeah. Um, okay. So just like last week when I went into my stories about working at Sam Goody and working in a mall and the the episode mirroring my personal experience. Yes. I I also have talent show experiences. Oh dear. And I I, I don't feel like it's quite the right spot to go into them yet. <laughs> but we'll get there eventually. Um, in your own time. Because they they're they're something. Um, Eileen, uh, where, where were we? I, 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 well, I, I've lost so I, I my notes is, here. This is the point Al, um, Al looks at his watch and realizes, I think he's late for the shift at Harry's. That's it. Like he's, he's just oh, talking Well, about... I think, it, yeah, you're right. But it's important to say, uh, or at least no, oh, yeah, yeah. Eileen suggesting that right, Mark, right. uh, focus on something that he's talented at. Uh, and Mark says that he can sing. Um, which, you know, just, a, a, a credit to the, the, the long-standing tradition on this show of uh, maintaining a, a modicum of continuity. I mean, Mark, we've seen him sing in the past. Yes, <laughs> uh, at true. Christmas, you know, time. Yeah. Um, so you know, Mark yeah. can sing. Is he going to sing? I, I, is he going to sing Noel by the end of this episode? We'll find out. Well, if Al or, is there, or I hope he's or Leon was that the joke? <laughs> oh yeah, they they spelled yeah they spelled Leon at first. I'd like to. Maybe we'll just do some scenes from Leon the Professional. Um, what I did, what I I do, what I another just quick uh, uh, critique, if you'd say about this, is that Mark knows that he's a good singer and that he likes to sing, but he's been like, "What will I do for my talent? Whatever will I do? <laughs> like, I need someone to tell me. I guess I'll seriously try dancing for a few and hours." <laughs> this was this is the one of those things I was talking about at the beginning of the episode where it's like, you don't have to work that hard, and like. I, Okay, I can forgive this because it it entertained me by letting me see Richard Karn dance. So, yes. like, if that's the reason that you took this weird, wild way to get here, fine, whatever. I, you know, it's a it's twenty two minutes of my time, and as long as you're making them enjoyable, I don't care. I'm not mad about it. You know, we <laughs> doesn't matter. Saw Richard Karn dancing, <laughs> uh, but you're right. He says uh, we can talk about it more at Harry's Hardware, um, and we get a transition of some sort. I forget what it was. Oh, an opera singer. Uh, it's an opera singer, yeah. Uh, taking us to Harry's Hardware, where Al is sorting through some screws while Mark continues to lament uh, on the bully, 
And yes, it's like they've gotten like uh, it's like they've gotten a new shipment. Like he's sorting the screws. Like there's one big bucket of screws, and he's he's sorting them into two different buckets based on a minute difference in their size. A detail that our listeners definitely need to know. Uh, did, well, it will it will come it will come into play later. I guess so. Yeah, you're right. Okay, I'm sorry. Criticism rescinded. Thank uh, you. Thank you. You bully. Also, also there is Wilson. Uh, he's yeah. at the Woo. register with Harry, and he's just ordered. Uh, you know me. Wilson's details go in and out of my ears, but he's he's ordered, uh, back ordered this uh, uh, bird bath by Marie Antoinette. Um, well, it's 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 a it's a replica of one of Marie Antoinette's bird baths from her gardens, <laughs> and apparently he's had to wait three months for this thing to come in. I I wrote this line down because I liked it. He he, uh, he says normally he wouldn't pay for such an expensive item out of the catalog, but when I saw it, I guess I just lost my head. <laughs> Joke for all the history buffs out there. I which is which is Wilson and which is also me. <laughs> What you have in common? Um, I guess. I guess the st- and I also I feel like the statute of limitations on on Marie Antoinette jokes has passed. Like it's not too soon. I think the woman got uh, fa- an unfair shake in the media, but you know it's been a couple hundred years. Okay. Uh, Mark is, as I said, lamenting about his bully and trying to get uh, now Alan Wilson. Uh, I'm sorry, Wilson and Harry's uh, opinion as well. Um, He's saying that, uh, I don't know, he's always stealing his lunch money, and Alan's giving him some un, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Unsolicited advice? Not so, uh, just unhelpful advice. Um, Yeah, I guess he's soliciting it. uh, Harry then chimes in. Well, he says, well, I'm sorry, I I do want to get this line. He always takes my lunch money. Why don't you bring your lunch in a bag? Mark says, last time I tried that, I got a peanut butter and jelly wedgie. It's just imagery I don't want in my head. I know. I'm sorry. To, I, now I see why you maybe skipped over that line, but the people have to know. I didn't skip over it so much as it just completely did not absorb into my brain. Um, much like the peanut butter and jelly did not absorb into his butt. Anyway. God, it's gross. Harry uh, chimes in uh, about how they used to get back at bullies in the army. Um, before he even started speaking, I just rolled my eyes. My I'm like The second that Harry – I could tell – Advice was about to come out of his mouth. I'm just like, I don't want to hear it. Yeah, <laughs> just please yeah. don't don't talk. Get that um, shit away from me. But at least there's no Penny. And I have to admit, Harry seems a little more tolerable when Tim isn't around. I don't know I, what it is. He's just he's a little less toxic or show offy or I don't know what it is. It's it's a bad crowd. I mean, honestly, like Tim Tim brings out the worst in everybody. His sons, <laughs> his friends, everybody. Uh, anyway, he basically says, back in the army, um, you'd have to stand up to bullies. Uh, you'd have to, uh, take your lunch tray when they, uh, or out to the rec yard when they weren't looking and then, uh, smash them over the head as, as hard as you could. Uh, and he's like, oh wait, no wait, I think that might've been prison. Uh, which, okay. <laughs> Harry was in prison. It doesn't surprise I, me. Yeah. Just like, just like Tim Allen. I mean, Hey, who knew? <laughs> uh, and Wilson is there too. Um, and yeah, they, they do the, you know blocking his face joke uh as they normally do in episodes yeah, he, to lesser or like, more effect this time he has one of those weather vanes with a, a rooster on it oh yeah covering yeah. his face and uh just want to say I, I don't know if it was intentional or not but he is literally being cock blocked <laughs> <laughs> that's it for me folks 
That's it. Okay. Landon Solano, everybody. Let's give him a hand. Let's give him a hand. Take care of your waiters. Um, Wilson, um, but Wilson disagrees with Harry's line of recommendation. And yeah. He commends Mark for like, you know, I'm, I'm proud of you for, you know, taking the, taking the high road and not mm-hmm. sinking down to his level. And he does something amazing, something I've been waiting for forever. Wilson starts talking about fucking art history. <laughs> I think he's done that before. I mean, maybe he's done that before, but he starts talking about art history that like I know about, but he says, <laughs> he says, and this is, this is a place where I paused and, and wrote down. He says, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Mark, your plight with this schoolyard scallion reminds me of a story from the adolescence of the great Michelangelo. And then Mark says from back before he became a Ninja Turtle. And now I, I'm going to stop you before you go into the next Michelangelo part. Uh, this is, this makes Okay, we have our grunt count week after week. This is our Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle count for the series, which our is tur- tally. two. We're now at two. Um, and as someone who loved Ninja Turtles and Home Improvement growing up, I'm surprised that my memory didn't connect the two at all. Yeah, I know. It's it's weird. It's surprising that... <laughs> Like when he said it, I was like, wow, I feel like I feel like Landon would have like talked about this ahead of time. It would have been gearing me up for like, oh, well, the, the Ninja Turtles the reference first is time it happened, you know, back in what season one or two, it was L that said it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, it's I well, and really it makes if the show was that good about continuity, Al would have mentioned it in this scene. But but so he says, you know, the great Michelangelo. Mark says mm-hmm. from back before it became a Ninja Turtle. And then Wilson just does this brief pause and looks at Mark and just goes. You really are your father's son, young neighbor. <laughs> he can do so much with just his eyes. <laughs> with, 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 he doesn't need the bottom half of his face. No, he face. doesn't. <laughs> uh, take, where, where, where are the Golden Globes and Emmys for that? <laughs> um, but so then he goes on to explain about, you know, the, the, the sculptor Michelangelo. He used to get picked on all the time in art school. And once one of his bullies punched him in the face so hard that it permanently flattened and disfigured his nose. But Is Michelangelo... That is true. That is a true thing that happened. Uh, the, the I think the artist who did it. I How do you know? Was, Have you, were you friends with Michelangelo? Yeah, uh, yeah. As a matter as a matter of fact, I was. I was, <laughs> you know, I was I was training him with the nunchucks that he used. Um, Cowabunga! That I've never I've never trained anyone with nunchucks. I'm terrible <laughs> with nunchucks. But he, uh, you know, he says that he that he never sank to his art uh, to their level. Instead, he channeled all of that energy into his art. And then Harry says. <laughs> Oh, Michelangelo, he's the one who did that big statue of a naked guy, right? And Wilson just goes, oh my, yes. <laughs> almost almost like a Charles Nelson Riley twisting his glasses between his fingers. Oh my, yes. Oh my, yes. <laughs> but so uh, I, and I, just, I just want to say, it feels, I mean, you would imagine so after six seasons, but they're really learning how to balance Wilson at this point where yes. you get the, the erudite, you know, nonsense that he sputters, you know, to Tim or whoever is in the episode week after week. And then they just kind of like put a little spin on it right at the end that just like brings him back to reality. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's good. It, it, br- it brings him down to earth. It cuts him down to size. Bitchin' dude. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, uh, if only, if only he, that would just became his new, his <laughs> new catchphrase. Uh, anyway, Wilson then suggests, uh, that Mark, um, he gives him a couple different options here, uh, of, oh, yeah. uh, lovely songs to sing. Like, but it's all like weird, like 
world music stuff. Like I, I wrote down a couple of them, but it's like, do you, do you know Dadaria or like what about Genda Pool? Like 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 I think he's recommending like Bollywood songs or or just made up nonsense. I well I don't think it's made up nonsense. I mean the writers definitely have uh, to what we've seen so far put their research into making sure anything Wilson says is at least a real thing. I mean yeah. re- eel pie was a goddamn thing. So. <laughs> But alien pie? Is alien pie a real thing? (laughs) It will be when we open up our competing alien pie stands. Of course, of course. Roswell, we're coming for you. (laughs) But yeah, so Wilson is like listing off, you know, do you know this? Do you know that? And like Mark keeps saying no, no, no to all of these songs that he's recommending. Um, And finally, Wilson kind of just like throws up his hands and is like, well, why not just settle for the classics like Ave Maria? (laughs) And I I mean, so, and then he... (laughs) I'm trying to think of how to describe like what Wilson does when he like sings the the bit from it for for Mark. Like he he's like singing it like an opera singer almost. Like he's got like his hand out in front of his like this only. Bro- a, well, it might be the only baritone version of Ave, Ave Maria I've ever heard. Ave Maria. <laughs> Maybe not that deep. <laughs> but yeah, he's but he's like he's got his you know he's got his hand out in front of him like like Pagliacci or you know. Uh, so wait, no, that's the clown. No, no, keeping, not the clown. Keeping Pavarotti. tally. Keeping tally for this episode, we've seen Wilson or Al dancing, Wilson singing. <laughs> um, I'm just now keeping the, tell jokes. the tally board up. Well, I, I actually have a note about that later. Um, so there's a triple threat between three different characters. Uh, so anyway, yeah, when he he suggests to Mark, he you know only because it's important for the next moment here, uh, does this like little hand gest- uh, gesture to signify singing in the way that an opera singer does when he's. Mm-hmm singing along anyway yeah uh ding uh the a father and son enter the store and surprise surprise it's mark's bully and his testosterone driven father what what could you believe this is a sitcom episode of all the hardware (laughs) joints in all the world they had to walk into al's uh the father asks harry if he has any sandbags uh while his son spots mark um uh mark is like tells al hey that's the bully uh Al kind of pushes him, pushes Mark forward to go confront him. Yeah, and like just, uh, st- you know, st- stand up to him, just like you know, d- you know, don't don't take his crap. Yeah, although Al right. wouldn't put it in that way. And I, I just have a note here about bullies, which is like, I, they it's, suck. It's gotta be well, they do suck, obviously, but it's it's like I don't know if they can. I don't, I don't I don't know what the effectiveness is of writing about them in sitcoms because the whole thing with the bully. Is that they're traumatizing? Yeah, <laughs> they they say non PC things. They do things that you can't depict uh, in a super family friendly way. So you always get these kind of like distilled versions of a bully. Like this is 1996. The bullies yeah. in my high school weren't going, "Hey, Pipsqueak Taylor," you know. <laughs> they were saying things a little bit more X rated than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like TV show. I feel like in media, bullies, like, they're they're at two extremes. They're either the extreme where they're saying shit that is way, way, way softer than what bullies do, or they go, like, the it route, where bullies are, like, like basically murderers who... <laughs> No, like right, bullies right, are like right. like threatening to carve names into kids' stomachs with switchblades, and their parents are like, "Oh, what are you gonna do? Kids are gonna be kids." <laughs> uh, there's not like that happy medium of like an accurate, you know. And really, the, I mean, and really, the most accurate depiction of bullies is a kid who himself is being bullied by other people and is passing that along down the line. Yeah, exactly. And even that is a little fraught. Anyway, I'm just saying it's it's 
too tricky of a subject to really nail. And so whenever you get these sitcom bullies, it's a little just silly in a way. So he, he calls him Pipsqueak Taylor and uh, has a line about, what are you doing here? Are you looking for parts to build yourself a personality for the talent show? Kind of where it's just, <laughs> it, it's, a, it's an okay line, but like they're hanging this on this like rickety peg on the hat rack where it's just like, we're already trying to buy this pill that, or swallow this pill that a bully and proving yourself in a talent show is going to, you know, redeem your your reputation in high school. And the bully is like predicated on that idea. It's just yes. a little, it's just a little funny to me. Anyway, yes. um, and Mark, uh, Mark kind of freezes uh, at seeing <laughs> and- the bully. And as this is happening, as he's being bullied, Al, Wilson, and Harry are all very, like, they're trying so hard not to show that they are watching it, but they're also <laughs> clearly watching. Like, like Wilson yeah. is like, got his face behind it. This is both hiding his face and also trying to look uninterested. He's, like, got a catalog up, and Al was, is, like, per- yeah, going I mean, the screws. It was, it was funny, but it was also, like, a weird moment to put a joke in there. It's just like, oh, this is, this, I mean, you're... You're making the audience laugh at a bullying situation, yeah, uh, and they're making a little little gossipy, you know, feeling or what's the uh, caddy is the word I'm mm, looking for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, anyway, yeah. um, Mark kind of freezes at this confrontation with the bully, and the bully just continues to laugh at him, punches him hard in the arm, and says, "What a nerd!" Uh, Al just kind of like you know, Mark looks back at Al, and Al kind of like gestures to you know urge him forward, and he looks at Wilson and. He does the like singing motion with his hand, like yeah. prove yourself now. Yeah, <laughs> and and Harry just kind of does the hit him with a lunch tray. Yeah, he mimes like hitting him with a lunch, <laughs> like he like he's at a pro wrestling match basically. <laughs> Get the chair. Yeah, the chair. Not, the knock chair. out the ref. <laughs> the tray. Uh, and he you know he tries to Mark just kind of like is very squirmy in the moment and tries to. Um, get out of it, and the the bully just being as aggressive as he is, just Mark ends up just handing over his wallet to avoid the conflict. He like has this like little mini breakdown, and just like the only thing he can think of is to pull out his wallet and like cover his face. Yeah, just just pull the escape hatch. This is it. Just <laughs> extends it to him, and so the bully takes takes Mark's wallet. But then that this is the breaking point for Al, who comes over and and intervenes and grabs the wallet back, and he and. No, sorry, I'm getting a little too ahead of myself here, but like in Richard Carn's performance, like I could see he had internalized uh, the fact that baby baby Al had been bullied, and like he yes. was now not stepping up for Mark, but stepping up for himself almost. <laughs> like you could feel that coming through in his performance. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely you know this is this is not just about him. This is he's fighting on behalf of all maligned children <laughs> now. Uh, go ahead. I, I lost my notes here. Uh, yeah, but. So, you know, he, he tells the bully, you know, basically, like, you're, you're being really rude and, you know, you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't treat people this right. way, etc. And the bully's reaction is just, oh, I know you, you're the dweeb from TV who's always cleaning <laughs> right. up okay, after I've Mark's dumb dad, which is, <laughs> which is, oof, a lot of tool time watchers in this town. <laughs> a little, well, I mean, that doesn't, yeah, I guess that holds I guess some it's, water. I guess it's not a surprise, yeah. yeah, yeah uh, they are in a hardware store, if anyone would be watching tool time. Okay, so I, I had the whole thing about the depicting bullies earlier and i guess this in a way is kind of like yes in reality bullies would be much more traumatizing but this is like a dick move and i guess it's really the only way you can get this you know convey this to audiences because he after just like already slamming on al which is where i feel like most people would leave it the kid just kind of like 
you know, picture you're walking down uh, your high school, you got your books in your arm, and the bully is walking in the opposite direction and just slaps his hand on your books to knock them to the floor. He, he does that to the, the drawer that Al was sorting through the screws on, and they just scatter everywhere. <laughs> it's I a, mean, it was a moment. It, it is the equivalent of the bad guy in the movie popping a kid's balloon with a cigar. <laughs> it's it's like really just did you did you not think I was bad already? Here you go. And then at the the commotion, the bully's father comes over, uh, and the father go you know is like what's going on here? Uh, Al tries to like rat out his kid to the father. It's like you're ratting it out to the wrong person here, buddy. But uh, yeah. he's, he's like telling, hey, you just uh, he, he just punched uh, Mark and knocked all these screws on the floor. And uh, the bully's like, no, I didn't. That was just passing by and they fell over. This guy's fucking lying. Wow, yeah, that language was pretty, I know. pretty rough, too. <laughs> um, anyway, I wrote all that down because I, I really liked Al's line delivery of, no, that's not what happened. Yeah. <laughs> And like he's he's almost being you could see him being brought down to the bully's level. Yeah, it, it very quickly he get he gets just dragged into basically a schoolyard argument at this point. Yeah. Uh and the father goes, Are you calling my kid a liar? They you know, it starts to get a little heated. It kind of um, bulks up, yeah. Yeah. And before we finish the scene, I just don't want to forget to go into a character actor corner. A what? One of these? <laughs> We're going to do a twofer. Uh, it seems like we've been doing that a lot lately. Yeah. Uh, introducing multiple character actors in the same scene. Um, okay, we'll start with the father. James Marigold yeah. is playing Bully's father. Uh, okay. He has 46 credits. Uh, movies dating back to Escape from Alcatraz. Ooh. <laughs> Tell me if you can notice a pattern here. Escape from Alcatraz. Escape from New York. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Silent Rage, the Chuck Norris movie, Peggy Sue Got Married, Platoon, and the Scorsese film Bringing Out the Dead. Uh, and, and, uh, and of course, Escape from Peggy Sue Got Married and Escape from <laughs> Bringing Out the Dead. On TV, he appeared in Columbo, MacGyver, Murder, She Wrote, and an episode of Tales from the Dark Side. I forgot to look up which one that mm. was. Uh, the question is, was James Marigold on ER? Was he on NYPD Blue? He was not on NYPD Blue. Cheers, Frazier? He, he was not on Cheers, not on Frazier. Okay. Uh, educated guess, I'm going to say no, he was not on ER. He was n- yeah, not on ER. Whoa, you are do right. not do that shit. Do not, do not like, <laughs> waver halfway through the answer. That is not fair. <laughs> he was not on ER, correct, sir. Uh, let's go on to the character actor number two, playing the bully, Bobby yeah. McFarlane, 12 Bobby credits, McFarlane. only 12 credits, movies, Die Hard with a Vengeance. What? Uh, I think he was one of the kids in the school oh, buses. Oh, school, yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Um, TV, he was on Full House and Step by Step. I mean, he was in other stuff, but he only has 12 credits, so I don't want to give you too much here. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I get it, I get it. Uh, Full House, Step by Step, was he on ER? God almighty, I can't even say two letters today. What? NYPD Blue? <laughs> NYPD Blue was not part of his 12 credits. No. And then he wasn't on ER. You are wrong. He was what? on an episode of ER, season seven, episode 25, Where the Heart he, Is, playing 12, Greg. 12 <laughs> credits. He had 12 credits, and one of them was ER. That is yes. bullshit. That is uh, well. Take it up with uh, take it up with him. I mean, uh, if you want to go face to face with a bully, I'm going to dump this nerd's books. Oh, <laughs> god damn it! 
Mark, Mark should be seeking you out for help, not Wilson and Al. I'm, I'm not gonna dance. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> let my fists do the dancing. <laughs> wow. Oh, boy, that's okay. Well, that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. The, <laughs> the sweet taste of chalupas will once again elude it. Well, I mean, I already well, fucked up the title. Yeah. Well, you didn't fuck it up. The title fucked you up. Yeah, it's true. That's true. I had a much better one. Uh, agreed. What was it? Abominable, Abominable Showman. Showman. Which yeah. at this point. We know why that is such an amazing title. Yes, um, thank you. Okay, back to the scene already in progress. Uh, so the, uh, the, the dad is like squaring, right, confrontation. Yeah, squaring off against Al and like, you know, you calling my kid a liar? What if I am? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Al now finds himself in a confrontation with the with uh, the bully's father. And clearly, you know, he, he through this whole scene, he has a sandbag over his shoulder. Like, yes. Al, you're not going to win this one. Yeah, this is not this is not your fight, Al. <laughs> He's like, what's uh, I'm trying to think like, I don't know. I'm thinking of Hightower in uh, uh, the Police Academy movies. But there's like, isn't there a movie? Is it Dumb and Dumber where they make fun of someone and then they stand up and just kind of like keep looking up and up and up at him? That's kind of uh, what it this is, felt like. It is Dumb and Dumber. It's the guy who like who who uh, they throw kick salt his ass, Seabass. Yeah, exactly. It's Seabass. <laughs> but also, I think that I think it also happens in the Birdcage. Like every movie in the '90s has two people fighting, <laughs> and then the guy stands up and he turns out to be incredibly tall, and it's like. <laughs> It's like, oh, I knew that I, I was certain that I could f- fight you when I thought that you were three inches shorter, but yeah. now it is clear that I cannot fight you. Uh, and Al finds himself in that exact situation, and he kind of looks around for uh, some backup between Harry or Wilson, uh, realizes they're both uh, completely... <laughs> when they weren't trying to look at Mark before, pretend like they weren't looking before, now they definitely are averting their gaze as much as possible. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. They're staying uh, out of this one. Al just uh, decides to break off, break into a soft shoot routine. Um, <laughs> pretty, you know, pretty funny. It's it's uh, not it's pretty funny. It's not nearly as good of a soft shoe as it was before. The, no, the fear no. does not help. Well, yeah, he, he definitely has the the performance jitters. Yeah, <laughs> he's trying to soft shoe his way out of a situation here. Um, and the father's uh, rightly so, I think. I I don't want to side with bullies, but he's like, this is weird. We're not shopping here. And uh, turns around and dumps the sandbag (laughs) onto uh, Wilson's birdbath, and it breaks in half. Yep. Or like a big chunk of the the what do you call it the lip I don't know falls yeah the off. rim of it yeah it it, it, it becomes yeah. unfit for birds to bathe in and uh, suddenly Wilson is incredibly upset you can see in his eyes which is obviously all we oh, can all see. you can see yeah <laughs> it's like why am I now brought into this yeah um, and uh, we cut I didn't write Wilson's line here but. Uh, well, so- well, yeah. So the so will like the the bully and his dad walk out the door and we get this shot of Wilson and uh, Al and Mark all in a line looking out the door at them as they go, all angry. Wilson is very clearly upset, <laughs> and his line is just, "Ave Maria isn't going to cut it." In the words of the great philosopher Bugs Bunny, "This means war." <laughs> 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 and we got a commercial. I, I think there, there's a, there's something to be said about Bugs Bunny being a great philosopher. Yeah, um, he is a great great philosopher. And hey, you know what? A great drag performer too. <laughs> Not getting into that. In fact, uh, we're getting kind of long in the tooth. So let's keep going. Uh, we cut back from the commercial to the Taylor House, where Jill is working on her midterm still. Uh, at least she's not cutting carrots. I, I'm glad yeah. that they're, you know, it's not exciting, busy work, but at least it's studious. Yes. Um, Brad and Randy come home. 
Yes. And they're they're both talking about how they want to get fake student IDs made and they explain <laughs> that they want to have secret identities ready for uh, once, you know, they're completely humiliated by Mark. Yeah. And Mark being, uh, you know, next door, they're kind of worried about where he is and uh, well, worried in, you know, relative terms. Uh, yeah. He's he's next door with Al and Wilson working on his performance uh, for the talent show. And the fact that he's working with Al and Wilson like doubles down on Brad and Randy's worry about their reputations. <laughs> yeah, it's like they they like he was there's something like they say something like he was dorky enough without other dorks helping him. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Jill says, you know, you got to give him a chance. Uh, he, she expects them both to attend the talent show. And Randy gives a line kind of reminiscent of a joke Tim made a few episodes ago, saying something to the extent of like, uh, we have reputations to protect. This can condemn us for the rest of our high school careers, uh, could affect our college eligibility, lead us to not getting good jobs and not being able to take care of ourselves. And then we'll be living here, uh, bothering you for the rest of our lives. <laughs> And and like he said, like some that somewhere in there, he says something about like this is going to like th- this is going to slander the family name forever. Basically, what Mark is going <laughs> right, to do. Right. And Jill and Jill says, "Please, you've seen your father's show. The family name can take a lot of punishment." <laughs> <laughs> and right after that, as if on on cue, Tim walks through with a huge abominable snowman foot. Uh, well, yeah, I mean it. it is, yes, exactly. You don't know exactly that it's an abominable snowman foot. It's just. <laughs> Well, I, I don't know. I think it's worth breaking open a little bit because I liked just the weird kind of like dream imagery of the garage door opening and just like he can't even fit it through the door frame. You just see yeah. this blue foot kind of like he's angling it in different ways trying to get through the door. <laughs> it's, uh, it's like the it's like the big foot from Monty Python trying to walk into a room. <laughs> I didn't know I wanted that to be an actual character. <laughs> hey, it's footy, uh, everybody. <laughs> Jill is kind of laughing, uh, and, which is surprising considering Tim's uh, antics in the past with Christmas decorations. But she's laughing as like, what is that thing? Uh, Tim's like, you should see the rest. Uh, Truman. Landon. I have a question. <laughs> What's that question? Do you Do you think that the Abominable Snowman is being played in this episode specifically? Is being played by Daniel Day Lewis. Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You you had a reason why. I'm so I was just ready to agree with it. Why? Why? What is it? Because why? That's his left foot. And we get a Yeti transition. Oh, wait, wait. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay, that's brilliant. I'm sorry to step on your perfect with my foot on that uh, on that perfect outro. I just want to point out that in this throughout this scene, yeah. like we're seeing through the windows into the backyard. We don't hear anything, but we can just see like flashing lights and also like dry ice kind of cascading up over the fence from next door. <laughs> So we don't know what they're doing, but we know that they're, they're doing something over there. They're putting together a, next week's next year's Halloween episode. I mean, honestly, yeah, it's just it's it's an uncharacteristically kind of like lo-fi joke for home improvement to like be teasing something <laughs> but not actually giving it to us. Yeah, yeah. Um, we cut to the high school auditorium. Uh, apparently, we miss the whole what the hell Mark is doing putting together. Yeah. Um, the audience is taking their seats. Al is nervously waiting in the wings when Jill approaches with uh, a coat bag uh, in her hand. Yeah, yeah. Hands it to Al uh, and says, okay, all right, okay. So this is <laughs> – you mentioned the uh, stand-up your kid earlier. Yes, yeah, stand-up uh, this, kid, yes. Uh, Tim, er, since we can't see the jacket that Jill is handing Al, 
my mind immediately thought, because she says, here's Tim's old jacket. And I immediately thought, oh my God, are we going to see Mark <laughs> do a stand-up act? Because the, the only thing I pictured in my head in terms of Tim's old jacket was like those wild and crazy jackets he used to wear on Tool Time. And mm-hmm. I'm like, Mark is going to come out in a wild purple blazer uh, just in a, you know, uh, a stand-up act. And I'm like, I, I, I cringed at the idea of thinking, and this is- oh my God, are we going to have to see this? This is also, of course, Mark, who dressed up as Tim for Halloween several years ago. It would not be well, uncharacteristic he, for him to just do tool time. He dressed up as Al as well, just okay. putting that out there. Okay, um, yes. Anyway, I had uh, fever dreams of what a uh, middle school stand-up routine might be like. Uh, it was scary. It's not great. Well, what's the deal with P.E.? Are we really <laughs> teaching the education? Uh, are we really educating kids on the importance of physical activity by running around a parachute? <laughs> if anything, we're P- teaching him just to fold laundry. P.E.? That makes me have to take a P.E. <laughs> this guy knows what I'm talking about. And the, te- uh, and the, and the principal's at, at the side going, laugh, laugh. You all have to laugh. <laughs> I have one more. Yes. Uh, now, dodgeball, there's education I can get behind. They learn early that you'll be spending the rest of your life dodging what life throws at you. And more often than not, it's going to ping off your head and leave you on the sidelines. Wow, this is pretty pretty dark. Like this this comedians going to dark places here. This is like this Com- is the comedians or Landons. <laughs> this is the Nanette of uh, of middle school comedy shows. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, anyway, uh, he brings uh, Jill brings him his uh, Tim's jacket. Um, yeah, she goes into like a little bit of a doting on on Mark going. Oh, I bet he's nervous. Uh, reminiscing on like when he used to get to. Uh, when he used to do pageants before um he would get nervous and i would have to say it's gonna be okay and tickle his little tum tum (laughs) and al just kind of like he he's so laser focused he barely like registers that jill is there he's like nervous why should he be nervous what does he look does he look nervous to you yeah Uh, how would you feel if you're about to go on stage in front of the entire school or something to that (laughs) And, but basically, the point is, Al is the one that's nervous for this because uh, the uh, I forgot to mention that we also saw the bully uh, and his father enter the yeah. auditorium. Yeah, they're, they're they're like close. They're like a couple rows ahead of where uh, where the rest of the family is. Yeah. And uh, anyway, all of that to say, Al is really nervous in this moment, and we get a we we get probably. I listen. I'm cherishing this moment because I don't think I'm going to get anything closer to this for the rest of the series. Of yeah. seeing what an Al and Jill relationship would be like. Uh, this is the intimacy we've been waiting for. <laughs> Al being nervous, Jill just kind of there's a, a pregnant pause, and then mm-hmm. she just kind of b- bends over a little bit and goes, "Oh, it's gonna be okay." As she tickles Al's tum tum. <laughs> and let me tell you, it seems to help because he calms down, <laughs> uh, and and he's he, he kind of opens up to her. He, he says like, "Oh, you know, I'm sorry, Jill," and he explains that he's just super invested in the performance because he sees himself in Mark. He wants yeah. Mark to do well, and he mentions that there's this book. Bu- like he tells Jill about the bully and what's been yeah. going on, and 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 it's a sweet. And, we, and we kind of cut we cut from that to uh, the seating area, w- implying that he's going to tell her the story of the bully you know like hey i'm sorry i didn't tell you about him but there's this bully blah 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 you know kind of end on an ellipses um which i think is only important so that we understand our stinger but uh in the auditorium brad and randy have shown up um in long coats and sunglasses to try to hide their identity (laughs) 
<laughs> this the, Randy's walking past this girl and she kind of turns to him and she goes, Randy, is that you? And Randy just goes, ah, uh, no, who is this Randy? I am an exchange student. Just, just a classic yeah. JTT. Goofer. He's uh, next in line to be Inspector Clouseau. Yes. Um, <laughs> the uh we cut to a little bit later um the show has begun uh an act finishes tim comes in late and makes a joke about um uh the decorations uh saying something like sorry i'm late the uh snowman uh, the abominable snowman's arm got lost it's on a flatbed on its way to toledo <laughs> <laughs> thing thing that's a that's a recurring theme on this show is getting lost and winding up in ohio i that's that's the strongest michigan bias is that oh, ohio God. is a place no one wants to go to and I, I just I like the uh, <laughs> this kind of absurd logic that a, a decoration so big that an arm is on a flatbed could yes. fit on top of the tailor's roof. <laughs> um, anyway, he's just in time for Mark's turn. Um, mm-hmm. And oh god, okay. So I mentioned before I had talent show memories. <laughs> yes, yes, you did. We've all been stealing ourselves. You you want to place me in a date and time? I did my high school's talent show. Uh, I was in a boy band. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> we were called Meltdown. Nice. <laughs> nice. We did a Backstreet Boys song. I Which... spent time in the wings. We did, And we did a slow song, too. We did uh, I'll Never Break Your Heart, which is not one of their, you know, dance jams. Um <laughs> We did that at another talent show at a different school uh, a month later with NSYNC. We did a dance <laughs> show. Uh, all of this to say, I, I, as soon as Mark stepped out on stage, I broke into a cold sweat. <laughs> like, I, it immediately threw me back into a place I didn't know I didn't want to be. Uh, did I have to ask, though, which which one in the boy mm-hmm. band were you? Were you the bad one? Were you the uh, cute one? <laughs> Definitely not the cute one. Were you um, the cinephile? <laughs> there's, there's always a cinephile in every boy band. There, there's a there's a rap breakdown, and you you come out and go, "Yo, let me tell you all about the king of comedy." It's actually one of Scorsese's <laughs> best movies. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, the one that had uh, uh, ideas of grandeur. Let's put it that way. Ah, yes. I wasn't. I wasn't the one that talks. Saying, you know, there's always the Kevin of the group that's like, "Baby." You know, he can't. He doesn't actually sing in the chorus or have a verse on the the track, but he either does a breakdown, you know, like halfway through the song where he talks to baby, or yeah. he opens the song with baby. Mm-hmm. Um, he just says baby. That's it, baby. <laughs> that's my that's my kind of job. look. As someone who talks sings, I know you're this podcast. <laughs> right now, you feel like you're never gonna love again. Um, that's not me. That wasn't me. Uh, I was the one that thought he could hit the high notes. Oh, the one, the the one with the confidence, the one with with boundless confidence, paper confidence. Um, yeah, so you can see why I broke into a cold sweat the second that Mark stepped out, and I'm like, yeah, oh god, I don't want to yeah. watch this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, I mean, because he comes out, he's wearing like, wait, I mean, what do you call it? like a choir robe basically that he's got on, and uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> which spoiler alert, probably the easiest thing that you could easiest costuming choice you can have to tear away yes Um, but he breaks into a very slow delicate it's just like a single spotlight on him Mm -hmm. um delicate uh rendition of ave maria and listen he's a teenager going through changes (laughs) his voice 
Ave Maria isn't easy for any singer, period. No. no. Uh, for a teenager going through the change, even harder. So I give him credit for being able to even have the balls to attempt it, let alone coming off not totally awful. Yes. And, but of course, this does not stop the bully seated like two rows in front of the tailors uh, from starting <laughs> to heckle Mark. And at that point, though, I was like, oh, he's not as bad as I thought. And I'm like, is the bully just anti-Mark or is he anti-Avi Maria? Because the song is, listen, it's a bore fest. <laughs> yeah, no, not a great hymn, not a great hymn. This, yeah, this this bully is just one of those hardcore r slash atheism types who just can't stand any mention of religion <laughs> anywhere. It's like, it's like, uh, like, I don't need some bully in the sky to teach me how to be. I just, I just try, you know, the bullies on earth are the only ones we need to worry about. Oh my god! Uh, so he heckles and he he gives a laugh that's like very close to Nelson's from The Simpsons. <laughs> Not that was very close. It was a little less close than that. Watched a lot of Simpsons. It, yeah, it reminded me of it. Um, and you know, you think it cuts back to Mark, and you think he's like gonna break under the pressure, uh, but then all of a sudden. <laughs> Sorry, I gotta. I wanna. I wanna. I wanna set the scene. I really wanna sell this. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so, Ave Maria. See, like I can't even do it. I. Yeah, you're not the one who can hit the high notes, Landon. If you <laughs> learned anything from your boy band days, <laughs> breaking into a cold sweat right now. Um, he's he's you know, there's that. What do you call? God, I don't. I am the least likely person that should be talking about music because I don't know Record terminology. Scratch. Is that the? No, no, no. Well, there is that, but it's what do you call the like opening salvo of a song before it like goes into it o- opening up? You know, yeah, the, the the intro, I think. Okay, the intro. If yeah. that's what it's called. Is that what it's called? Or are you like just giving me an out here? I I, I don't know what you're trying to talk about, and I don't I don't know how much. <laughs> you know, like some songs will have a, a like a little uh, opening salvo before like the drums kick in. Yeah, I think it's called the intro. I again, okay. I, I don't know. I mean, we can talk about it for another hour if you'd like, though. I mean, there's really, no, okay. really All right, no better the, content we could put on the show. He does the intro, and then there's the record scratch, and then yeah. suddenly, the music and the lighting both change. Yep. And you just before you see it, you hear just the iconic riff. I don't think there's a more iconic guitar riff from the nineties. There never, there never has been. No, thank, thanks to Terminator two. <laughs> and it's the opening few bars to bad to the bone. <laughs> That's it. I see. I'm so bad with music. I can't keep melodies in my head. Uh, you really should not have been in a boy band, Landon. Um, <laughs> And in that in that moment, I was like simultaneously excited, like "Oh my god, what!" And at the he- at hearing "Bad to the Bone," which is so pache of the nineties. Oh my point, god! I was also like bowled over with embarrassment. It, it is it is such, not for Mark, but for the show. It is just it, nowadays in twenty twenty one. It is such a lame song. There's no <laughs> lamer song than the song about what a bad dude you are. Let me tell you all about how bad I am. I am so bad, guys. Oh, my God. Well, okay, so... And Wilson does this, like... You know, his back is kind of to the stage, but he then, like, does a spin, so he's facing the stage. Like, like yeah, Wilson comes onto the stage in the first... Like, he's facing away, but then he turns around. With a guitar slung over his shoulder, and, of course... <laughs> A ZZ Top beard covering his face. <laughs> Which I don't even have the words for. 
I mean, just pick, just just picture it in your head. Wilson, ZZ Top beard. It's perfect. I, it felt like all of pop culture was leading to this moment. Like everything yeah. before 1996 was just like this is that was the intro to the record scratch that was this moment on Home Improvement. This this is um, yeah. This this is based. The internet was birthed when this was created. <laughs> when all of all of culture came together, that was the singularity, uh, and. So that's the first Wilson turns out to the audience. We get that laugh. Mark rips off the robe uh, and he's got these, uh, you know, uh, black jeans on and a white, you know, uh, I mentioned Al's white, whitey, tidy shirt earlier. Uh, One of those things. And then he puts on Tim's old jacket turned out to be his old motorcycle jacket um, with some sunglasses and, uh, Boy, I don't know how to react to all this. It's a lot. <laughs> I, I, yeah, and he just he goes up to the and he just starts singing about how bad he is and how he's bad to the bone. <laughs> and it's to see this little kid, like even though he's like I guess a preteen now, he is still so small and shrimpy. And to see him wearing a jacket well, I think that is admittedly the, 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 the a little stage too big makes him look shrimpy. I mean, it, true. In normal life, I mean, he's taller than Randy at this point. <laughs> true, true. Okay, fair, fair. I think that's the point. Is like the 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 moment makes him look small. <laughs> yes. Even though it's supposed to make him look big. And yes. the audience, both the studio audience and the audience on Home Improvement go wild. Absolutely and, nuts. You know, Jill's draw, jaw hits the floor. Uh, Tim digs it. And, okay, just a quick note about this, because I feel like this is a very 90s thing. The audience's reaction to the, like the, the acting audience's reaction to this is like the audience equivalent of a slow clap. Mm-hmm. Like there, yeah. there's this like when you're when you ask an actor to do something that is so clearly not something that is possible to do, it comes out in this really manufactured way. And yeah. I feel like I feel like I saw this a lot on like Saved by the Bell, where a large crowd is like asked to generate a lot of excitement over something so corny that like the audience like you know you can see a few of them looking back and forth to each other like. Is this really happening right now? Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. no one in the world would have that reaction. Um, yeah. And they all like just swell and and rise to the occasion for this song. It, it was, I don't know. I'm torn because I love Mark and I love to see him succeed. And this moment brings so many things together. <laughs> yes. Yes. It is a lot. <laughs> but at the same time, it's a, <laughs> it's a talent show to prove to a bully you shouldn't be bullied, and he's singing bad to the bone. <laughs> and also, there's an adult on stage with, like, is that, does that count as cheating why, at that point? Why? Okay. <laughs> God. Okay. All right. We got to break this down. Is is the bully the, supposed school, to? <laughs> this, granted, this is, okay. Not to get dark. This is pre-Columbine. Yes. So, was it such a utopia that schools would allow the hermit single guy in the neighborhood <laughs> to enter a children's middle school talent show. <laughs> I mean, this is, I guess Hugh Grant did it in, yeah. uh, about a boy. Yeah. But that's, that's England. They got gun control over there. It's different. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm, I'm sweating from this moment. I can't, my brain is melted out my ears. I, I look, I, I agree. I agree. It's, it, it's just the, also, just the notion that this bully is going to be like, I man, I thought he was a, a weenie, but then he sang <laughs> this song somebody else wrote about being really bad. 
I guess he's bad. I guess I have to trust him. They they wouldn't let you sing about being bad unless you're actually bad to the bone. <sighs> the only thing I'm holding out hope for is that the show of Home Improvement spent their budget for the season getting the rights to Bad to the Bone so that we don't have to see a man's fill in the blank <laughs> on yes. time this year. <laughs> yes, that would be nice. I I would a million times rather this be their big stunt than, you know, the man's uh, the man's attic or whatever. <sighs> Uh, so we don't see too much of the performance before we go. Uh, oh, I guess it's worth mentioning, Randy. Uh, it's, I, all of this is just like you should be making fun of Mark. Like I'm, I'm pro Mark, and I want to make fun of Mark here. But even yeah. Randy's like, uh, you know, he's removed the coat and sunglasses and um, sidles up next to a girl and is like, "Hey there, Randy Taylor." So that's my brother up there. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. It's pretty good. And the bully uh, and his dad are totally like, by the way, dumbstruck as all this is happening. They're, they're like, they're yeah. shocked. We fade out and uh, we come back to the stinger. Um, the bully, the uh, whole thing's over. Everyone's just kind of like, uh, I was in theater. This is where you would give uh, the performers roses after their mm-hmm. performance. Yeah. Yep, yep. uh, so it's, it's that time of day all, and, all, the, all the theater kids getting ready to go off to applebee's and totally ruin the waiter's <laughs> night by ordering like a million refills on drinks and tipping a buck that is so true <laughs> yes i went to high school in the suburbs i know the things that happened oh my god um the bully approaches mark in this moment and says hey you're pretty cool it's it's a scene it's weird yeah he <laughs> No, but he, like, the, the line that he has, it's really, he goes up and he, he, he like, he says, you know, Sister Mark, yeah, you're pretty cool. Do you actually know one of the guys from ZZ Top? <laughs> and and Mark goes, oh, that's my neighbor. And the bully goes, your neighbor's in ZZ Top? And then they, and then Mark's like, yeah, hey, I'll introduce you. And they go off together. <sighs> I get the feeling that. Mark is just trying to fill a Brad size hole in his life. I agree. Yes. He's just, I just want, I just want someone to be mean to me. Someone not too smart. That'll be mean to me. Yes. Um, then, uh, we see Jill approaching the bully's father. Who's still, uh, in the rows of seats. And, uh, Jill, uh, just kind of comes up behind him and says, excuse me. Uh, I heard you called my son a pipsqueak. And the father, like, the father's very aggro. Yes. Uh, well, one like, would have to be to raise a boy like that. I guess so. Uh, what, a boy that's into ZZ Top? Um, I mean, yeah. <laughs> He's into the finer things. Uh, the father's like, what's it to you? And the man, you know, stands very upright, uh, almost beating his chest like King Kong. And Jill just has a little shit-eating grin on her face. <laughs> <laughs> we get a lunch tray slam transition, bringing Harry back to the button of this uh, episode. Yes. Uh, lunch tray slamming the transition. We get a little, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, like when you're seeing stars. Oh, um, yeah. Well, yeah. It's like just like stars explode across the screen. Yeah. As though yeah. yeah. As though she's just clocked this guy with a, <laughs> with a lunch tray, like in Oz. Oh, we go to black. We come back uh, for some outtakes. The father can't keep it together when Al is soft chewing. I don't blame him. Yeah, yeah, who uh, could? It is so funny. Um, Tim can't say abominable, which we've already called out, uh, which is not surprising. And we go, we end the episode, uh, Bona Vista, Touchstone, all that fun stuff. Yeah. That's our episode. Ding. That is our episode. Holy cow. We did We got through it. We we made it. There's just one thing left, Landon. Huh? Correct. What? Oh, I was just I, grunting I, for fun. I, it, was, it was just just grunting for the hell of it. Just grunting for the grunt's sake. <laughs> yes. Um. Okay. Grunt count. Yes. 
I seem to only remember three because Tim's not in this episode very much. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, I only remember three grunts. Um, I think it might have been more. Uh, no, I think it's three in the uh, the cold open. Yes, when he's talking about the sixty one hundred uh, riding snowmower. Yes, blower. Yeah, yeah, snowblower. Well, you're. I mean, you're partially correct in that there were three grunts at the beginning when he's on the snowblower. <laughs> what you didn't notice, I think, is that there are in fact two more grunts at the very end. When Tim is watching Brad oh. on stage, he Mark, like it, watching Mark, Mark on stage. Yeah, well, watching Mark. If dollar in the jar, fucking hell, because he's singing <laughs> "Bad to the Bone," which is almost Brad to the Bone. But he, uh, like, we get a shot of the family reacting, and Tim, you can you can hear this if you if you turn up the volume, which I did. I rewound it and listened to it. Tim grunts twice. He's just going, "Ah, ah!" He is so excited and proud of his son for. Being bad to the bone in front of everyone. <laughs> I mean, I, I really respect this episode for having very little Tim in it, but whenever Tim is in it, he is basically grunting. That's mm. that's a beautiful thing. I just don't know how I feel about missing out on that. I, I feel sorry. like the, the episode cheated me. I mean, uh, it snuck in very sneaky, uh, atypical types of grunts at the yes. last minute. Hey man, look, I, I, I'm I would feel when I wasn't by that when too. I was when I was so blinded by embarrassment for Mark. Uh, like I, I'm the last thing I'm doing is paying attention to grunts at that point. That, look, man, that's why I'm in charge of the grunt count. You can't let your personal I, baggage cloud your vision. I'm sifting through my own baggage with the talent show that I was in. I'm sifting through Mark's baggage. Uh, it just wasn't fair. I don't. I I'm gonna write a letter to my congressman. I don't. I don't know what. I don't know what he's gonna do about it. Also, you live in Wisconsin. You may not have a great congressman. Who knows? I have. <laughs> Ron Johnson. <sighs> well, on that note. Do <laughs> um, you have anything in this episode we didn't cover? No, I think, I think Landon, we have covered pretty much everything. Uh, that we have. Um, I have one thing to uh, grunt work uh, related episode uh, item that we have to go over, which is our live recording coming up on April 18th, uh, which we will be doing over Discord. Um, what did I say? That was episode 13 we'd be covering? I believe so, but I, I never really pay close attention to what you're saying, so who can be sure? <laughs> uh, I think it's episode 13, um, so uh, that will be on April 18th. Join our Discord, um, which you can find on our website or on Twitter, or if you don't have uh, any of those things or want to do any of those things, you can always email us at uh, info at gruntworkpodcast.com. Uh, and I will just get you the link uh, that you need to join us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I do have another thing. Uh, we have a new patron. Oh, that's Garrett. That's a shock. <laughs> Garrett H has joined uh, joined us, and I said that we wouldn't be calling out patrons except that we get new ones, and so we got a new one named Garrett H. So thank you, Garrett, for yeah. joining us. Um, w- welcome aboard. I'm sorry. You will regret this decision very quickly. <laughs> uh no comment on that uh but there's some truth there um we really appreciate you uh, reaching out and helping us support the show because uh grunt work is made possible by our patrons if you enjoyed today's episode and want to help us create the show consider becoming an official grunt head sponsor over at our patreon at patreon.com slash grunt pod uh if you like today's show why not leave us a rating or review over at apple podcast wherever you listen to your shows it goes a long way to help others find us 
Uh, or you can tell us what you think by stopping by to say hi to us on Twitter, Instagram, at GruntworkPod, or visit our website, Gruntwork. Uh, <laughs> I almost took your... Yeah, come on, man. I have one fucking job in this outro, <laughs> and you I'm stepped so, on it. So ready to w- get done with this episode. www.gruntworkpodcast.com. <laughs> or you can visit our website at www.gruntworkpodcast.gov. Or you can also find other information on today's episode and sign up for our weekly newsletter to be notified whenever an episode is released, if I get it out on time. Until next week, when we get you another episode of Home Improvement, I've been Landon Solano. I've been Truman Caps, and remember, if you can't be bad to the bone, and you don't want to be sad to the bone, try at least to be glad to the bone and spread joy wherever you go. I'm going to the Ho Ho Hospital.